All right, this is Critical Mass, confronting the specter of war and genocide in the new global order, and I'm your host, Jerome Carr. If you tune into this, then you are definitely one of those people that are looking for answers, looking for information that's helpful, that um, points in the right direction. Right now in America, everybody is is destabilized. Their lives, our lives, are have been uprooted and have been thrown into the wind to a degree because nobody knows what to expect. And the lack of certainty creates a lot of fear. However, the fear can be dispelled by informing oneself, being well-informed. The more informed you are, the better you are able to adapt to whatever circumstance, changing circumstance occurs and survive. Isn't that the goal? The goal is to survive and secondarily to thrive. You don't want to just subsist at the minimum level. We want to uh, to thrive in whatever environment we're in. So that includes environments of chaos. The topic of tonight's discussion is coronavirus 2020 facts fallacies and the future um it's april the the second and this will be thursday thursday april the second the year is 2020 just to update uh, everybody on where we stand um i'm not a news outlet so my my business is news my business is to provoke thought, to provoke thought that will ultimately crystallize in action, uh, preferably uh, positive action, actions that are productive, actions that are beneficial to, to mankind. So the only action, the only beneficial action that will ever come about comes about through correct thinking and correct thinking comes from being correctly informed because if you're thinking with the wrong information then you're not thinking correctly <laughs> so this is where I, people like me like me come in um, this is where YouTubers come in um, we're people that like to provoke thought uh, some are about you know provoking action which is like subscribing to their podcast or to their YouTube page or um, giving them thumbs up and, and likes and things like that and for the most part, a lot of mine don't. My, a lot of my my podcasts go unheard because I don't do those things. I don't spend my time trying to provoke the action that will benefit me, but rather um, on focused on the message itself. And so that's what this is. This podcast does. It, it provides a message, and the title of it. If you just think about the title. Um, Confronting the specter of war. To me, that there's there's no other topic that's of of greater importance right now in America and in the world than the threat of a nuclear thermonuclear war. All of which, uh, all of us know. Any educated or even half educated person knows that a nuclear war would not be beneficial to anybody. So why have one? 
there are those who believe that they could survive one and that they would be able to wait out the storm, essentially. Dug into their bunkers and their little holes that they noodled into the earth or into the side of a, a mountain or somewhere. And so their theory and their idea, and this is a true story. This is not um, cons- conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy fact. Those people who build these type of bunkers, they're building them because they plan to use them. They're building them with the belief that any moment in time, this could occur. But also, there's a there's a an additive in there, which is to think that they would be able to 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 resort to hiding in enough time. Okay, so what is their plan to be forewarned in order to go hide yourself? In other words, in other words, the. You know, we all we all assume that the president of the United States is standing in Washington D.C., but the way the system works is to create a deception so that if we're attacked, you know, they will not be able to strike where the president is at. So most of us think he's in Washington D.C. But uh, even George Bush was able to go into his bunkers. George Bush went into the bunkers on 9/11. They opened up the bunkers, not into the White House bunker either. Um, it was somewhere in the Midwest, in fact. Um, and it, that came out later. It came out afterwards. But they were forewarned that Washington was under direct attack, which it was. And so the the SOP, or the Standard Operating Procedure, is to assume the worst and prepare for that. And by that, you will be successful at being forewarned and being able to enter into your hiding place or into your bunker or wherever you go, you know, and a lot of wealthy people, they have a ticket to go. This goes back to things like, I don't like to mention these guys, but basically conspiracy theories regarding the Illuminati and New World Order and things like that, which they brought a lot of meat to the table. Thank God for those people who wrote those books and those people who taught about those ideas because it provoked thought. Um, Noam Chomsky, you know, you could always throw out all the hoots, the people that are conspiracy theorists. If you if you like, you can throw all of them out. But there's one that stands above all of those, which you cannot throw out. And that's Noam Chomsky. Noam Chomsky is one of the 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 centuries. This the last 100 years. He's one of the greatest scholars, one of the greatest thinkers that has come about. And he's Jewish. Noam Chomsky is a Jewish man who fought in the Jewish uh, Revolutionary War against the Arabs, made weapons. Later, he came to the United States and he made a life and he became a professor of linguistics. And even after that, he became a person who was basically opposed to Israel, the creation of that state, based on moral and political uh, reasons that he explained clearly. But he, he goes into depth about the current system that we have and how these things can all be uh, predicted and their consequences can all be known ahead of time. So, for example, thermonuclear wars can be understood as destructive 
And we can actually see the march towards that destruction. And we should stop it when we see that. And so right now, the government is out of control. The government is um, basically taking powers that normally it doesn't have. And they're justifying it with the COVID virus. And you have to understand that we're dealing with a very desperate group of people here. Um, the Trump administration has been on on the on the defensive, you know, ever since they were in office. And the worst thing that they brought to the table was a distraction. Uh, they were a distraction to the actual governing of the country. And the Democratic Party is right up there with them. They are a distraction. They were a distraction because they focused so much on impeaching this man that they actually accomplished little else. There was a couple of acts that, that were passed. Wait, great, whoop-de-doo. But to be honest with you, every day, the last year, 2019, every day on TV, CNN talked about nothing other than Donald Trump. And now they're talking about nothing other than the COVID virus. Which, there's more happening in the world than just the the pandemic called the COVID virus. In fact, <clears throat> pandemics probably are the norm. If no one mentioned this to us, it's it wouldn't kill a bunch of us. It wouldn't kill a significant amount of us. Continuation of of um, coronavirus 2020 facts fallacies in the future part 10. Uh, it's April the 2nd, uh, Thursday, 2020. And just a little update on some of the numbers. Uh, I started explaining, I started this segment by explaining in the first part um, some of the, the rationale behind those things that we talk on in this podcast, things that I talk on and cover, and how they relate to our lives. I mean, right now is a time of crisis. Everybody has should be in, in basically in a in a survival mode or a semi-survival mode. Um, but the truth be told, a lot of us still just don't get it yet. We don't get it that the world has changed, and the world that we used to know a couple of weeks ago will probably never be the same again. But just an update of kind of what's going on around the country and around the world. Um, the global statistics as far as total total U.S., excuse me, not global, but the local uh, statistics here in the United States, there's 200,000 people infected and there's 4,600 that have died. And that number is expected to increase, in fact, um, many times over. So the stay-at-home orders that were issued in March are now uh, extended through the end of April, all the way up through April 30th. And that's going to take us to, and even into May, most likely. With what's going on, it doesn't look like anything's going to change in that, in that respect anytime soon. Uh, except that it just simply won't work. Making Americans by the millions stay in their homes, stay, in, stay away from their businesses, keep their businesses closed, 
that's equivalent to dying for many of us. You, you just, you know, and for some of us, it might even be a, uh, a starvation situation. You know, there are many people who are homeless. You have no place. They have no place to go. Um, they're living on the streets already. Maybe receiving some resources from missions or places like that. But realistically speaking, there's nowhere for those people to go to stay home. So the government hasn't really addressed that issue. Um, states have really not addressed that issue. And it's probably because they simply don't have an answer. Um, evictions are going forward. The 1st of April, which was yesterday, was the beginning of a, a series of millions and millions of evictions that are taking place going forward in America right now. And so the government hasn't stopped that. The government hasn't issued a blanket order to stop people paying rent. And, and one reason is because Donald is one of the biggest landlords on the face of the earth. So he's not going to tell all the people that live in his properties that they don't have to pay him anymore because of coronavirus. That's just ridiculous. I mean, and I have yet to hear a reporter ask him, Mr. Trump, are you, uh, are you um, allowing people that live in your properties to stop paying rent? And the answer to that is a no. The answer to that is basically no. So homeowners and renters, people with mortgages, they're feeling the pinch. They're feeling the pinch. Um, there's uh, just going forward some of the other issues right now in the, in the U.S. There's a chronic shortage of protective medical supplies. They call it PPE, protective personal personal protective equipment. So one has to you know ask the question: Why is there a shortage? Such a shortage? You know, we've been in this situation now for almost a month. You would think that companies have adapted and have boosted up the production in this area of these type of of these type of medical equipment, but. Uh, as far as the media, there's still a great shortage. And as far as many, uh, uh, many nurses and doctors who have got on TV and have given testimony about what's going on, um, there's just a lack of, of equipment. <clears throat> and that's a problem. You know, that's a serious problem. In fact, you see many nurses and doctors are actually breaking down on you know their public podcasts or their their um, on their Twitters. Okay, so nurses and doctors are definitely feeling pinch um, right now. Within the U.S., public morale is very low, and in other countries, it's outright rebellion. In India. They passed a stay-at-home order and everybody left. Ran into the streets, clogged up the streets, full of people. Trains are overloaded, buses are overloaded. It's just a human catastrophe with millions of people going the same direction at one time. It's unthinkable, in fact. I mean, but they were just turned out of their homes. These people worked as servants and as butlers and as 
the manual labor for all the wealthy and all the businesses. And now these businesses closed their doors and the wealthy, you know, they went off to their mansion somewhere. Uh, but all the rest of the people were turned out into the streets. And so they they have yet to address to address the problem of what to do with all these people. And with what's happening in the United States, you're gonna, you're seeing a gradual deterioration of civil order. Many many cities right now they're they're okay. They're handling it fairly well. Even Texas is actually where I, that's where I'm located. Texas is one of the more stable stable states as compared with like New York and California and Connecticut and New Jersey. Those places where they call the the epicenter of the infection, you know, it, there's a lot of um, uncertainty as to whether or not we're able to travel, and if we are able to travel, you know, how far are they going to stop us at? You know, if, if we travel to California from Texas, we're going to have to cross about three states, including California. So, you know, there's a lot of questions as to are they going to interfere with us traveling, or are they going to? you know, require us to be self-quarantined. Um, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, the international borders are still shut down. And so gradually you're going to see a shortage of a lot of different things, not just toilet paper. The the least in, in about a month or so, the last thing on people's minds will be toilet paper. There's going to be a lot more concern for, for other things. So... Um, Right now in New York, Governor Cuomo has issued a rent freeze, going back to the issue of rent. Okay, so on the first, rent became due for millions of Americans who are currently unemployed and who just filed for employment. So on the third, that'll be the three-day notice. You know, once you're late, you're, your rent's late for a few days. Well, the one state that stood up against this was New York. Um, the governor of New York issued a moratorium, a rent freeze for the next 90 days. Now that makes sense. And that may, that makes sure and that ensures that anybody living in New York will be able to stay in their home for the next 90 days without worrying about being evicted. And an eviction lasts just just that about 90 days. Now, one thing I want to point out is that people have uh, made statements that even though this pandemic has come and, and people are out of work and don't have money, um, homeowners are still saying that, you know, people, they're going to have to pay that in the end. Even if they don't pay it now, it's just going to be deferred, but it will still be owed. So now the rent freeze will, ne will need to transform into a, a rent forgiveness system where they actually forgive the cost. But then this comes to another point. But what about all those banks that rely on those mortgage payments? What about all those investment companies that are holding these properties where they receive millions and millions of dollars of rents, um, including companies that are owned by Donald Trump? You know, I haven't heard Trump say that he was going to allow people to live free in his any of his properties. Uh, so, but interestingly enough, his, there's a lot of his properties are in New York. So so the actual governor of New York 
issued a rent freeze that applies to Donald Trump's properties as well. And ideally, theoretically, in theory at least, anybody who's living in Trump Towers or any of the other Trump properties would be able to live there for 90 days without paying a dime to Donald Trump. Kudos to Governor Cuomo. Good job. In the meantime, millions of unemployed people are both out of rent, out of food, and out of a job. They're showing food. Uh, the lines for free food are, are reaching like hundreds of customers and are standing in line at one time with, with uh, lines going back for miles to receive, to receive free food in some places. Um, this is about the third week that Americans on a whole are going without employment. Week three, um, many people have applied for unemployment. If you're one of those people that was employed or you believe that you do something, you should definitely get online or, or do what you do, make the necessary efforts to try to get some unemployment income. And that's important. Globally, globally, outside of the United States, um, as I said before, the top of the list is India. You know, India is in utter chaos. It's suffering from crushing stay-at-home orders that are issued by the central government. Um, a government which seems to not really care about what happens to the people. Uh, they issue these orders and then they, they left the people without any support, even any hope of support. Um, another hot, hot spot is in Philip, the Philippines. The president of the Philippines, Duarte, stated that uh, if people don't obey the stay-at-home orders, they should just be shot. He said, quote it, and he said very clearly, shoot them dead, end quote. So that's just an idea about how bad things are going um, worldwide and globally. Europe is blockaded and has huge infection pools huge um, groups of infected people throughout its throughout its territory um, throughout the European nations with all the state's resources being stretched thin um, Italy by far and Spain have the highest rate of infections of all the uh, European states and are going through extreme measures to to bury the dead and to burn to um, incinerate the dead. Matter of fact, there's so many people that have been incinerated that they don't have any place to put all the urns, all the urns of all the dead people. And so that's another challenge that they're facing. Um, Germany, on the other hand, is taking in thousands of people. Thousands of people are migrating from the poorest countries in mass. And they're actually attacking borders. They're, they're surging over borders in mass, thousands at a time, to to overwhelm border guards and border security systems and fences and things like this. And you know, this was something that could be foreseen. Uh, there is a book written called the Clash of Civilizations, and in the Clash of Civilizations, the author of the book um, argues in in depth about how the future, it was, this book was written in the 90s. He argues about how the future is going to look and that one of the things he says is that there's going to be a spread of, of um, epidemic 
epidemics, as far as human diseases, and mass migration after the resulting destabilization of those countries occurs. And so uh, that's what's, what's happening. And while the southern European states, France, um, Spain, Italy, Greece, all these, those nations have closed their borders to, to migrants, Germany is the one exception that allows people to migrate into its territory. So um, people that are migrating from Syria to the Crete, island of Crete or to the Greek islands, those people, those people are being shipped up to Germany. All right. Russia. Russia is the odd man out. You know, Russia, Russia's behavior is so suspicious that it doesn't even make sense. They actually sent medical supplies and assistance to New York City in a big giant C-130, a big old giant super tanker. Um, the Globemaster, they call it. You know, that's that plane that flies around the entire planet. And um, this is kind of strange, you know, how Mexicans can't get in the country, but Russians can. You know, things have truly changed. Uh, but Russia has offered assistance to the United States and that resistance has actually been received um, in New York. China portrays itself as a country that has this outbreak totally under control. But... Sources inside of China show that China is that China is putting on a basically a front, an outward front, and while behind its you know behind its walls, its walls of silence, the people are suffering. That there's thousands and thousands of unreported dead, uh, unreported cases, and that this disease is still. Uh, a pandemic within their own country so we, we don't really believe the Chinese explanations of what's going on they're a country that controls the media they control the the uh, the internet based media uh, YouTube isn't even allowed there there's certain websites that are just like I'm not even sure Facebook exists in China uh, but I know YouTube is one of those that is taking off taking out the off their internet systems so so going forward you know what is the outlook going forward i'm sorry to say you know the outlook is grim for the average american this is what they can expect number one they can expect more of the same self-imposed isolation so you can expect to be isolated in your home for the next month or two at least at least and that's difficult for a lot of people because who's going to pay their bills who's going to pay our bills who's going to pay our rent for for those states that haven't had a governor cuomo pass a resolution suspending rent payments who you know what about the rest of the country you know that's where the president is failing to act the president is failing to act most likely because it's not in his interest to freeze rents. Just starting off. Um, for those who have no homes, no resources, uh, 
available resources are scarce. But I'm sorry to say that there's no significant government aid. Um, there was a trillion, $2 trillion aid package passed supposedly to help the American public. It, it still has yet to be received, of course. And even when it is received, it will be such a, a small amount compared to the, the overwhelming piles of bills that most of us have that um, we basically have become uh, economically and financially unhinged as a group of people. And uh, this was predicted. This was something that people, you know, people have said that the future of America could be that of a third world country. And no one could believe how that hap- how that could happen. And now we're seeing, we don't have to believe it. We're seeing how that is happening. How America is becoming a third world country. Because what happens is after you cannot pay your bills and those bills are overwhelming, then you have to start selling things. And once you have sold all that you can sell and you pull whatever strings that you could pull from available sources for help, then the system breaks down and you're going to find Americans turned out of their home in mass numbers, most likely. Right now, it's just the beginning of the storm. We're not even in the middle of the storm. We've just started. And the going is really, really rough. So be aware, be alive, adapt, improvise, and overcome. Uh, there's not a chronic shortage of, shortage of food, but there are chronic shortages. So in general, there's food. In general, there's products. But there's not as much of a selection and there are areas where there's not on the shelf. You'll go for Coca-Cola, for example, and there's just Dr. Pepper. So you're lucky you got any kind of soda at all. Um, water is still present. Toilet paper and amenities like that are still present. Um, so food is still available. But for many, many homes, um, it's, it's a crisis. And there's really no help so far. The states have not offered any uh, SNAP benefits, food stamps. They, I have heard of no resources that the state is offering. Um, we see a lot of stuff on the news, but it's not here in our local community. I'll, I'll say that. So it's got to be found somewhere else. Um, I'm going to do some research in the future to try to find some information to give you, give the listeners um some idea of where to receive more financial assistance and more substantive assistance uh, for those people facing eviction you just got to fight it you know you just got to follow the rules that, that are that exist usually there's no legal eviction that can take place as long as you respond to the documents and the paperwork there's no reasonable eviction that can take place in a few days usually you have about 60 to 90 days before they literally can put you out on the street and with what's going on right now it may be a catch-up game later on they may make some changes in the future god willing we hope uh but for those who are facing eviction now you're gonna have to follow the procedures file the paperwork back in the right amount of days um even if you're staying with somebody and you get they have to evict you they can't just throw you out into the street so that's the good news and the bad news is that those people are even going forward with these type of um, processes. 
but we have to accept the situation for how it is and deal with it based on what it is, not what we want it to be. Um, sad news is that the cure to COVID-19 is probably worse than the, the disease. At the end of the day, people are going to prefer to get COVID-19 than to starve in their homes and watch their children cry and hunger and watch their family members be depressed. Uh, incidents of suicide are up, of course. People are losing hope just as the government continues to pile on more, uh, more restrictive living, living conditions on all of us. It seems that the population is basically beaten down and in some ways, many ways, we're unraveling at the seams. The states are turning more and more to using law enforcement to enforce these curfews. Um, they're using more and more restrictive measures and there's been statements made by, by many departments that they're going to go from warning to enforcing. And enforcement means that there's going to be some kind of penalties involved. And this is where society starts to come unraveled. Because imagine this. Here you've been put out of your job, forced to stay in your home, and, the, and you go out to forage for food and forage for, for resources, only to be detained by a police officer, threatened to be locked up, have thousands and thousands of dollars of fines put upon you. I mean, who are we paying these fines to, by the way? You know, all, the, all of a sudden they have these new rules that we all have to follow and there's a process for fining us and for taking our money <laughs> and giving it to the state. But there's no process for keeping us in our homes, keeping food in our stomachs and keeping us well. And with that said, the last and the least is the acting president, Donald Trump. The Democrats failed to impeach him. And this has emboldened him. This has emboldened him and made him feel that he is solidly in a position of leadership. And maybe even we may even see the postponement of presidential elections. And that would be a horrible thing because that means we remain with this guy. And it seems that this person, this particular president, has it and has it in his mind that he's intent on marching on and on to the beat of the war drum, instigating wars and conflicts and bringing us as a culture, as a people closer and closer to the edge of an abyss, a nuclear apocalypse amongst the world powers in the state of unraveling, unraveling civilization. We are coming closer and closer to the edge, to the point of no return that we call critical mass.